Adventist fam, welcome to the podcast series Adventist Knows. You are now listening to the third episode of this podcast, Adventist Knows Season 4. This show is brought to you by Adventist Learning Group, and I'm your host, Singhan. If you are an individual who's trying to find your way around the corporate ocean or trying to hashtag up your game with your career, this is where you should be. In today's episode, we will be talking about emotional intelligence in the workplace. I'm pretty sure that this topic that we are covering today will be very relevant to our listeners out there because emotional intelligence is getting more and more relevant nowadays. So today, we'll be bringing up some workplace issues and we will learn together how we can incorporate emotional intelligence in such situations to help us. And to start off today's podcast, I would like to first share a quote that I came upon recently. Anyone can be angry, that is easy, but to be angry with the right person, to the right degree, at the right time, for the right purpose and in the right way, that is not easy. In this quote, the philosopher Aristotle perfectly sums up a concept that has become a hot topic in psychology, education and business. And that topic is what we will be covering today. Yes, you guessed it, it's emotional intelligence. Many people actually also assume that having emotional intelligence means being nice. But this perception obscures some fundamental benefits to developing one's emotional intelligence. So for example, simply saying someone is nice can contradict the fact that they are only nice to some people and not others. Or if you think that being nice simply means being a pushover, you might not take advantage of the emotional intelligence framework capacity to teach you about productive conflict management. You might also fail to consider or check the dark side of your own emotional intelligence, which is your ability to influence or manipulate someone without their interest in mind. By understanding how emotional intelligence actually works, you can have powerful and productive conversations that build up your ability to influence and lead across all your relationships. So without further ado, let's bring in our speaker for today to share with us more on the topic. She's Caroline Dawson, and this is the second time she's coming back to our podcast to share about her expertise. Hi Caroline, it's nice to have you back on our show again. Have you been well? Yes, I have, and I hope you have been well as well. Yeah, definitely. Then mm-hmm. yeah. going into our episode, uh, can we share with our listeners who may be unsure about what emotional intelligence is in the workplace? Okay, all right. Um, I mean, technically speaking, when you want to talk about emotional intelligence at the workplace, it's a, um, it's a very, very broad um, definition because uh, it could be also applied not necessarily to the workplace, it could also be at home, it could be among friends, it could be among loved ones. So at the end of the day, it's just really understanding oneself, uh, how they make use of their, their their emotions, how they manage and handle their thoughts and their feelings and, um, and how they interact with others. And that's really what emotional intelligence is technically um, all about. Again, not necessarily applied at the workplace. As long as you're interacting with people, you use this uh, in all areas. Um, in our lives. And then how are we able to tell if someone is emotionally intelligent? Like, um, what are some of the signs of high emotional intelligence, for example? 
Okay, um, if you're talking about typical signs, okay, um, again, as mentioned, right, um, when you want to talk about emotional intelligence again, it's just really, so one of the basic things is to understand, and this is actually really technically speaking, all about self-knowledge and awareness, okay? So when you know someone who's generally, um, who's got some of a high EQ and so on, they're able to understand themselves well, okay? Um, they're able to also, let me just give some examples real quick uh, off the hand. Um, they're able to control their thoughts, their feelings. They're also able to benefit from criticism. Someone who is got high EQ is able to also praise others, you know? They're not jealous of others, you know? Um, they're also able to give, um, for example, helpful feedback. Um, keep their, their commitments. If they say they're going to do something, they will do it. Uh, and I think more importantly as well, someone who has got high EQ is also able to protect themselves as well uh, from toxic individuals, protect themselves from emotional sabotage. Uh, so they, they are quite well aware, you know, of their boundaries as well. So likewise, someone who's got very low EQ would have the direct opposite of all of these things. You know, um, they probably always feel like they're the victim. Uh, they probably always end up blaming others instead of taking ownership. Or taking responsibility you know for your own thoughts and feelings and actions so now we imagine ourselves in a workplace scenario so based on your experiences can you list out some examples of high eq and low eq at work okay i'll start off with the low eq that's easy right because all i would have just easily say that all uh you know work areas they have um, a toxic work culture. Uh, so you have a lot of office politics, perhaps. Perhaps there's a lot of gossip. And I think one of the major things to look out for, especially if you are dealing with such individuals, the turnover rate was going to be extremely high. But of course, if you were talking about a workplace with very high EQ culture, something that is uh, promoted, then you see they enjoy going to work. You know, this work from home thing could be a very painful thing for them as well. You know, because, you know, technically speaking, you probably just enjoy, hey, you know, I want to interact with my friends. I want to have that human touch. So you can tell. But you know what? Especially given the pandemic and so on, there are a lot of cases where people are actually quite happy working from home for that very same reason. Just don't want to deal with all this drama and office politics. And I'm sure you're probably quite familiar with that as well. So, you know, you have that, um, that balance of um, the corporate culture. You can tell, you know, when someone just really enjoys working likes interacting with people, working together and so on. While prefer just do some people prefer to just do things on their own. I've seen people like that too. I'm sure you have. I mean, you know, yeah. And do you think emotional intelligence has made a difference in the workplace? And why do you think that is important? Oh, it is important. I mean, uh, again, because you see, we have to interact with each other. We need to work together. And we do this because we want to enhance productivity. You know, uh, we want to be effective and, and we need to work with people. Unless you're a hermit, you're working, you know, in a cave, you're on your own. It doesn't make much of a difference, you know, because you're on your own. That, that is just between you, yourself and yourself. But again, you know, when you're dealing with people, this concept of emotional intelligence, emotional quotient is extremely important um, because, again, that togetherness, um, it is important in creating that rapport. You know, in Mandarin, you say quancy. Right, you want to build relationships, right? So that is very, very important. So, um, this is one of the reasons why, especially in much recent years, uh, this concept um, of building relationships, building high emotional intelligence workforce has become so popular because they realize high IEQ will only get you there. It's the EQ that keeps you there, you know. Um, so that is just something uh, that most people, you know, are now becoming aware of.
can you also share with us like what are the benefits and also advantages of using EQ in businesses? Well, again, as I mentioned, you forge relationships, you get business together. And most of the time when, you know, when you sign on the dotted line, you do it because you like that person. I like to do business with you. I like interacting with you. You know, it's the same thing as well. When you make major purchases, right? It's the same thing. I'm not talking about the small purchases. You know, I'm going to buy this machine because I like you. I want to sign up that package. It's the same thing also, you know, with the, you know, in businesses as well. So um, a lot of it, again, tends to overlap. So if you notice some of the things that I've shared with you earlier on, we need this uh, because we have to work together, you know. So uh, it is imperative that we actually try to pay more attention to some of the, um, and not necessarily just emotional intelligence, being aware. It's also trying to understand whom I'm interacting with so that I'm also able to customize my communication to that person. Because what turns you on may turn another person off. So it's about trying to create some kind of rapport with you as well, especially in businesses. What can we also expect to see when there is a lack of EQ in the workplace? A toxic work culture. You just dread going to work. Given the more relevant uh, example that I shared, you just prefer to stay at home. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, so, um, that's, and because of that, um, um, the effectiveness will be compromised. Productivity you know what I mean, uh, will also be compromised. And that is not something, it's not in the best interest of any company, you know, especially when there is already a very high toxic uh, work culture. How is that going to benefit anyone? No one. But unfortunately, it still exists. Uh, this is a sad state of affairs. That happens not necessarily, and I'm not speaking uh, locally, it's general. Uh, these are some of the common problems that people face at the workplace. And in your opinion, how can EQ be used to manage and address conflict in the workplace. Oh, okay. Uh, when you have high EQ, you're first of all aware. You know, you're able to accept and look. There's a certain problem. However, we need to address that situation. I'm not going to bury it and sweep it under the carpet. You know, I'm going to use uh, with respect. I'm going to communicate with that person assertively to, to get to the bottom of it. Uh, because you see, I have to respect that you have a different point of view. I have a different point of view. So instead of dwelling on our positions. Let's see whether we're able to forge some kind of mutual interest, you know, regarding a situation. So, so that may help also mitigate and manage any conflicts. Although I may not be able to get rid of the conflict, it's already there. But what can I do to manage it? And more importantly, trying to understand where that person is coming from. Because most of the time, conflicts happen because most people feel misunderstood. And then, of course, it's a chain reaction. And do you think that um, emotional intelligence is important for someone who wants to be a leader? Of course, whether you're an, whether you are an employee or a subordinate or you're a leader, it's important for everyone, but more so for the leader because um, a leader is not supposed to simply boss around. You know, the leader is also one who serves. A leader is one who's able to put himself or herself in the other person's shoes because once upon a time, that leader was in that person's shoes. You know, they were perhaps in that particular level and so on. So for sure, you see, I, th I think a lot of the times, um, especially people who are, are in a higher management, you know, just because, you know, I have accrued all this experience, I've got this, you know, high level educational qualifications under my belt, they forget that human side, that human factor. So there are very, very few leaders who are able to actually have that, they're able to find that balance. Does emotional intelligence contribute to higher work satisfaction levels and better sure. job performance? Definitely. People. Most of the time, people leave. Sometimes you'll be surprised that it's not because of the salary. Because I just don't want to work in that culture anymore. I'll leave. Yeah. So some people will tolerate. 
you know, the low salary because they just really enjoy, unless, you know, something really compels them to move to another organization for different reasons. Uh, but one of the things uh, that actually kill a person's spirit is because um, of the relationship is ongoing. They know, you know what, probably I perhaps don't belong here. So they leave. So that, that, that's very, very important uh, to manage that as well. So how does like this emotional intelligence have such an impact on like job performance? Well, you see, uh, when you're able to understand the people whom you work with, your team members, you understand what the expectations are. Okay, this is what is expected of me, this is expected of you. We have mutual respect. Mm -hmm. You're responsible for the various tasks. Okay, uh, we're committed to the task at hand. Ultimately, it's only going to lead to production. Okay, which also, of course, questions um, the effectiveness of the particular team, people whom I work with. Again, in an organization, I don't work on my own. I may be responsible for certain things, but I'm still working with everybody else for the common good, or in this particular case, uh, the common objective of that particular project. So yeah, for sure, because ultimately we still have to work together. So it's like positively correlated with like productivity as well, right? For sure. Of course, again, there are also other factors uh, that come into play. This is just one of the factors about working with people, um, being committed, taking responsibility, taking ownership. Although I will say there are also other factors, right? but I suppose that's a story for another day. How do we um, become like more emotionally intelligent, or like you know what are some of the habits of an emotionally intelligent person that we can pick up? I think uh, one of the things um, you can actually do is uh, number one, self awareness is important. Um, understanding yourself, understanding why why are you the way you are. You know, why is your personality as such? You know, why is it with certain groups of people you get highly irritated, but with others you're actually quite okay. So one of the tips um, for self-awareness is three words, family of origin. Understand how you were when you were growing up. Who your parents, uh, what were your parents like? You know, how did your father and mother treat each other? Were you the first child, the second child, or the third child, for example? You know what I mean? So all these little things actually shape the way we are and will also shed some light on why your personality is as such. So self-awareness is important. Now, that's just one component. But then, of course, it moves on to other things as well. Self-regulation of our emotions, our feelings, controlling what you should say, what you should not say as well. Um, then, of course, you also have things like uh, social skills, uh, relationship management. So all those little things come into play, um, you know, especially when it comes to emotional intelligence as well. So this is one of the first few things we can do for ourselves. So for example, if we happen to come across someone that might have a lower IQ level than us, how should we communicate effectively with someone that has like you know lower emotional intelligence? Well let me see. Um I guess sometimes um you have a few things, right? Do you do you need to address this particular concern? With this person whom you really believe uh, you, you feel compelled to believe that this person has got low eq skills for example is it important for you to even bring this up okay uh what about the timing is it the right time to bring it up um are you using an appropriate medium uh, or mode of channel which means uh, do you think you should just uh, send an email or a text message or do you think it's better for you uh, to settle something or to discuss certain things face to face or should you just call that person you know so there are a few factors but ultimately, I believe, and this is just my opinion, timing uh, is also important. Because maybe it's just the wrong time, you know, for all you know. You know, um, uh, so sometimes um, we need to also recognize that maybe this person may not even be ready to share certain things. 
But of course, ultimately, if you truly believe that you have exhausted all your avenues, then a question you need to ask yourself is, do you need to dwell on this matter or do you think you should let it go? You know, we don't always have to fight every single battle you see. You know, I mean, we can win that battle, but that war might be lost. And I'm sure people are very good at winning battles. But the ultimate goal, you know, is, is, is just to see what we can do best, uh, you know, to understand each other. But sometimes that could never happen. Because, again, other factors, maybe this person is close-minded. Or maybe I am close-minded to that person's point of view, for all we know. You know what I mean? So we're not perfect. So we, it, it's always a learning. Uh, it's a work in progress. And we're always just, just trying to learn. So uh, imagine if we are in the same team okay. and uh, the group member or the team member has like a lower EQ than you, you think it would be better to speak up to approach the person to talk about it or would you think it's better to keep quiet if oh, we are like working towards a common goal or like in a project? Definitely bring it up. Yeah, definitely bring it up. But again, timing, I mean, you should do it privately. But this is a very private thing, right? Uh, because you don't want to belittle anyone. Uh, but certain things, if you think that things get kind of out of hand, then you should always assertively bring it up if you believe uh, that you need to do it. Uh, that is just something for you to be mindful of. Um, definitely bring it up because if you don't bring it up, that problem will fester. It becomes worse. It becomes toxic. Um, and then sometimes it's beyond uh, going back uh, um, you know, to even any form of um, stability or peace among all of us. So address it always. Next question would be, as humans, we all prefer a one-size-fits-all kind of approach and always have a mindset that like the higher is always better or more is always better. And from what I'm aware of, the downsides of higher EQ remain largely unexplored. So like with this in mind, are there perhaps any downsides of being very emotionally intelligent? I think one of the, the maybe an implication of having a high EQ is maybe that person might actually feel bullied by others. You know, or they might be bullied uh, by others. Or they might be taken advantage of. But then again, you see, if a person is already highly um, emotionally intelligent, they're quite aware of some of the toxic individuals in their life, someone who could be narcissistic. So if they were already highly intelligent, I mean emotionally intelligent, they will be able to, to differentiate themselves and they will be able to have that boundary. You know, look, this is your space, this is my space. And they will be able to express themselves, okay? Uh, so there are some people, they also have this misconception that if someone who's got a high EQ, they might be perceived as scammers. Now, that's a different thing. That, that's their intent. So how, what they do and their intent, if it doesn't match, it's obvious they already have a low uh, EQ. It's got nothing to do with even an implication. You know what I mean? So um, I think ultimately uh, it's also being ethical you know, uh, about having certain things like, why are you projecting yourself in a certain image? And these are some questions you need to ask yourself. Do you want something out from them? Or what is your intention? So regarding this topic also, there's actually like some concern that too much emotional intelligence can actually encourage manipulation and other unethical or bad behavior. So if unscrupulous employees have extremely high EQ, they may be tempted to use their emotional intelligence to manipulate, deceive, and take advantage of their co-workers, subordinates, or if perhaps even their management. So what is your thought on this? 
So I think again, like I mentioned earlier on, it's back to their intent. They might appear or they may be perceived as someone who's really very nice, someone who's very sociable, you know, I, I can get along well with that person. But it goes back to that person's ethics. It goes back to that person's intent. And that's how you have scammers out there. You know, they give you this impression you're so care caring, you're, you know, they're looking out for your best interests. But ultimately, that's not their intent. But a person who is true, you know, uh, you know, to their authenticity, to their personal ethics, they won't scam. I mean, my job is not in my best interest to scam you. Because what is the fundamental of uh, emotional intelligence? It's all about understanding where you're coming from. It's about empathy, isn't it? It's, about, it's managing my feelings. You know, it, it's not hurting you. Uh, it's not being narcissistic. It's not uh, sabotaging what we have as well. It's not about betraying you. Why would I want to do something like that? So that is just uh, a different thing altogether, you know. But then again, there are some people, unfortunately, they, they may not behave, you know, um, you know, in a highly intelligent, emotionally intelligent manner, but they may have very good intent, actually. You know, they might have actually very good intentions. Well, the only reason why I was quite hard on you is because I want, I, I have your best interest in mind. They probably might tell you that. Do you see the difference right there? So it all boils down to our intent, intention, and that is important. Do you happen to meet these type of people before? Well, my father. <laughs> I mean, so of course, you know, parents usually have the case, right? Sometimes they can be quite hard, you know, on their children. So some parents will share, well, the reason why I was very hard on you, because, you know, I'm, I'm disciplining you. I've got your best interest in heart. Okay, but you see, this, that is a different dynamics because of the relationship, you know. Uh, uh, so this is where, again, you've got to put it all together. So when we're talking about the workplace, because the premise is this, we're adults. We're professionals. We're corporate. There must be basic things. We must have, according to Aristotle, ethos. That is our ethics. We must have logos. When I communicate with you at the workplace, I must speak with you with logic. Because logic comes from the word logos. You know, it has to make some sense. There must be some proper reasoning. But there must also be pathos. There must be empathy. I must also understand where you're coming from and when I'm communicating with you, I must also give you the due respect, you know, that is that you so duly deserve as well. So ethos, pathos, and logos. So try to find an equilibrium. Okay. Uh, do you want to share more about the tree that you have mentioned? Well, that is from Aristotle's. Uh, it's called the three Greeks. Uh, ethos, pathos, and logos. And one of the Greek is called pathos, which is empathy. You know, in fact, uh, um, one of the major habits shared by Stephen Covey, I'm sure you may have heard of him, very popular book out there called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And one of the major habits that Stephen Covey always dwells on is always seeking first to understand where another person is coming from. Seek first to understand first. Don't even talk about yourself. But then a little later, that's when you bring forth where you are coming from. So it's all about empathy first. And that this is something that's actually lacking because everybody just wants to be understood. Everybody wants to feel important. Do you understand where I'm coming from? You notice when every time we have certain misunderstandings with people, right? Do you understand where I'm coming from? You always say that. Sometimes we say it in tears. You see? So sometimes we need to take a back seat. Pull back. Okay, okay. Tell me more. Empathy. But it's very easy, right? For me to say this. It's very easy to say this on paper. But applying it is another thing. I agree on that. And is it possible to fake emotional intelligence? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think it's possible to fake anything, isn't it? Yeah. As they say, fake it till you make it. And then it goes back to intent. Well, let's just say like when you want to talk about fake um, 
emotions you know as we talked about uh, that's where you have people who are scammers you know they're out there to um, to disrespect others they're extremely well I wouldn't say they're aggressive uh, but again it's, it goes back to their intents like why am I pretending to be nice to you do I want something from you you know what I'm trying to say and these things actually happen even from the most basic thing that we're familiar with even it starts from even the courtship period you know that right I might be nice to you you might be nice to me because maybe I want something from you <laughs> okay so that's just one context you know or for example uh, why am I why do people act a certain way so it goes back again um, to intent but you see fundamentally when we were uh, when we are addressing the topic of emotional intelligence I mean really what is it again so let's go back to that again right it's just really about perceiving others understanding where they're coming from we may we may not be necessarily right when we have certain perceptions on others but we have to apply empathy understand where they're coming from it's also about managing the feelings and emotions that's ongoing between you and I and how we handle uh, that emotions you see that's it because we're again dealing with human beings okay so um, you know ultimately uh, when you want to talk about how would you be able to identify someone sometimes you're not able to identify um, who are the fake ones from the real ones and I think experience and interaction will probably uncover a person's intent and this is experience when you are very young you may not be able to pick it up you know uh, maybe a little bit older are they hey wait a minute <laughs> you know I think this fella you know wants something out of me or whatever the case may be then many people also actually associate like high emotional intelligence or like high EQ to like being nice. So do you think this is a misconception? Um, yes, you could be right actually. That could be a misconception. Uh, because uh, being nice, a lot of people assume that being nice means I accommodate to your every women, you know, uh, your fancy and so on. But being um, also emotionally intelligent is also being assertive. It's also being able to say no to you. And some people may not accept that no as an answer. You know, because when I say no, uh, for example, I'm saying no, hey, I think uh, there is a boundary there, you know, uh, and I'm uncomfortable with this whole thing. Like for a very simple thing, at the workplace, certain words and phrases are inappropriately used. For example, um, a man could call a female colleague, hey, babe, can you do this for me? Now, a female colleague may not necessarily like it. Hey, don't call me babe. I'm not your babe, you know, so they would be able to confidently and assertively express that. I, I don't mean any disrespect, but I feel uncomfortable being called babe. For example, now you see the other party might take it differently. You see, I'm trying to see, but you see that person at least was able to express it. Uh, so the good thing that came out of it is at least she will now know that he's never ever going to call her that. And guess what? It works both ways. Because some females openly use such words on their male colleagues as well. Hey babe, Hey, bro, sometimes some people don't like that. You're not my brother. <laughs> you know, for example, you know, or so and so on and so forth. So um, if a person feels uncomfortable, they should express themselves, but they just want to be mindful about their tonality as well because sometimes the other party may not be aware. Maybe the other party just didn't know that it's inappropriate uh, to call another person by a certain name or you know, to be labeled as such. So it's just really just trying to put the cards on the table, just trying to understand each other. Um, and I think more importantly is also to express their expectations of each other. That is also what being emotionally intelligent is all about. Actually, what do you want? These are my expectations. Because guess what? 
companies use this all the time. They may not use the word expectations, but companies are very clear. I know what I want from you. So they set KPI, right? Uh, so that's the same thing. So uh, with the way we behave, we should also set uh, certain KPIs as well with certain individuals. So this also brings us back to the part where you say that EQ also helps us to like protect ourselves, right? Of course, definitely. Yeah. And then before we end this podcast session on emotional intelligence in the workplace, could you leave us a take-home message or any golden rules that you have to encourage our listeners? Okay, actually only two things. And I always say this in all my classes. Number one, and this I quote by Stephen Covey again, Seek first to understand where the other person is coming from and later just be understood. And secondly, always, always share what your expectations are of any of the situations that you are dealing in with people. If you are married, tell your better half what you expect out of this. Even among friends, what are the expectations of each other? Among colleagues, you know, I mean, whoever is in our life. Because once we put the cards on the table, we leave little room for any misunderstanding because now I'm quite clear, you know, what you expect of me and vice versa as well. That's it. Thanks, Caroline. Thanks for coming to our podcast. No problem, Ching Han. I've always been, always happy, you know, to work with Aventis. Hi, Aventis fam. From this session, we now know that emotional intelligence plays an important role, not only in our well-being, but also in our success in the workplace. Fortunately, there are a number of lessons we can take from emotion psychology that will allow us to improve our EQ and foster greater emotional competencies to improve our work performance and also our career success. Thank you for tuning in to the second episode of Ventis News Season 4. If you do have any questions regarding the topic of emotional intelligence, do drop down your questions in the comment section below or drop us a DM. We are available on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Telegram and Spotify. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe to us for more podcast episodes and we will see you soon. Bye!